Hey guys, welcome along. I'm Alan Williams and this is the Alan Williams Podcast. Hello, hello. Episode 3 of the podcast already. Time is flying by, isn't it? I'm actually really enjoying recording them, I have to say, because the feedback has been really good. People seem to be enjoying them, they seem to be getting a lot out of them, and that is the ultimate goal for me. So I'm, I'm delighted with that. I'm having a little bit of a laugh at myself today, guys, because I've just come from the gym and... I've got into this little routine when I'm recording podcasts. I train beforehand because I've always found, for me, my best ideas come when I'm training. When the head is clear, endorphins are flowing, I feel good about myself. I just find my head starts getting filled with really good ideas. So what I've been doing is I bring this hardback copybook with me to the gym. It's an A4 copybook. And in between sets, I'm writing down notes. So I'm lifting weights and just on that little bit of rest time, all these ideas that come into my head, I'm writing them down and I'm moving that pen like there's no tomorrow. So if you, just to give you an idea... The hardback copy book today has been filled with four pages of notes for today's podcast. So that'll just show you, I suppose. But what I'm laughing at is I think the, the bros in the gym are looking at me going, what is this guy on? He's off his head, flat out writing, doing as much writing as he is lifting. But anyway, that's what works for me. So lads and ladies in the gym, I think you're going to have to adapt to my weirdness because that's what works for me. It gets me prepared and hopefully it might produce a good podcast with a bit of luck. The gym is such an interesting environment, I have to say. It's one, as you know, I spend a lot of time in. It's pretty much my second home. It's an environment I'm very comfortable in. But I just find it so interesting sometimes just to look around and see what's going on because you see so many different people, different backgrounds, different shapes and sizes, different ages, there for different reasons. Some people, I suppose, are there. A lot of people are there to get in better shape, to look better, improve the body composition. Others are there for their mental health because they want to feel good. That's one of the main reasons I go, I have to say, because I find, you know, there's certain days there's always going to be days you don't want to be there you know, and you're kind of going, well, it's just not happening today, I'm not feeling it, but going out the door an hour later, you feel great, and you're set up for the day, and those are the days that I just love it, and I think it's all worthwhile, and that's why I say to people, don't just always focus on the physical side, there's a lot of different aspects, but looking around the gym, I see some really, really interesting stuff, yesterday was one, again, I was having a little bit of a giggle to myself, because I seen, there was four young lads, maybe, what would it be, maybe 17, 18, I would say, and probably genetic potential they were quite lucky they were kind of lean lads anyway and they could potentially be in great shape if they were to do the work but what I often notice a lot of the time with people is genetic potential sometimes is not maximized because people have different attitudes and if you've got a good attitude it'll take you a long way and if you don't have a good attitude it probably won't take you too far and I was just in between my workout I was kind of keeping half an eye on these lads because I was kind of I was finding a little bit amusing there was one guy who was training he was on the bench and he was doing his bench press and whatever the other three were sitting around him and they were all looking at their phones they weren't even talking to each other they were taking pictures and they were texting and whatever heart rate wasn't up there was no intensity in their training so to me looking at them an hour later I was going that was such a waste of an hour because I don't think they got an awful lot out of their training but this is something again that comes back to attitude and how we approach things and it's something I see with clients all the time I think sometimes the people with genetic potential don't realize how lucky they are and often what you have is the people who are not as genetically gifted they'll work a lot harder and they're the ones I prefer working with to be honest with you because you'll get everything out of them they'll give it everything for you and they're they've seen the other side of it people you know that struggle with their weight naturally they've struggled to keep their weight down and they've been through the struggle and they've got to a certain level and they've got into better shape and they've realized the work it takes they'll always give you more because they want more from it and they know what it takes whereas sometimes the ones that are genetically gifted they don't always reach the next level because they're not willing to back it up with hard work that's what happens a lot of the time I see it a lot in sports as well. Going back to my younger days, I would have played football a lot. I coached underage teams, different things like that. And something I always come back to is hard work always beats talent if talent doesn't work hard. 
Hard work always beats talent if talent doesn't work hard. I would prefer the player who's not particularly gifted, but who will give it 100% to improve and will be completely committed to their job and getting their job done properly, than the lad who's brilliant and he's a 9 out of 10 one day and you come along the next day and he's a 3. I'd prefer consistency. I would take that every day of the week because I've seen lads that had huge talent and could have gone a long way in their sports, but they didn't do it because they didn't match it with hard work. They didn't have the right attitude. They didn't have the right approach. And, you know, it's coming back to that thing again. I say sometimes we're just, we're lucky. We have things handed to us. Other times we don't. And one thing that always struck me as well is if you look at the very top of elite level sports, often what you'll find is those people that are at the very top, their backgrounds are probably less well-off backgrounds. That's an awful high percentage. It's a high, high percentage of those elite level athletes. Look into their backgrounds. A lot of them are coming from places where they realise, I suppose, that their sport was what was going to take them out of that, was what was going to give them a life and give them a future. And they were prepared to do everything to, to get that. And it's that hunger and it's that drive. That's what separates the good from the great, I would say, in a lot of situations. So, yeah, that was just something I've kind of noticed a lot of over the years. Genetic potential, it's great if you have it, but make... Make the most of it because, you know, sometimes the people with the genetic potential, more resources, they won't always do the work. Whereas my attitude to life and even I suppose I've achieved quite uh, quite a few things myself in my career and I don't like particularly talking about myself. But for me, I've always took the approach that I'm not more talented than anybody else. But while they're working at 80%, I'm working at 100% because I do believe that hard work will always catch up and balance out that natural talent if you're prepared to do it. So that's the question is, are you prepared to do it? That's what you've ultimately got to ask yourself because if you want to move yourself forward in some way, that's usually what it comes down to because I think nowadays, you know, we've all got these great resources around us and we've got the internet and we've got courses nowadays. We've got self-help programs. We've got self-help books. We've got more motivational stuff than ever before and we've all have access to this. But among all that brilliant resources, inevitably it always comes down to how hard will I work that's usually the, the defining factor and it's age old and it makes me sound old school but it's still the ultimate question and that's what I'm going to ask you how hard are you prepared to work for what you want because that's ultimately what it's going down to going to come down to so what works for most of us it's not talent it's not having resources behind us it's not been spoon fed anything it's been resilient it's great it's keep turning up day in day out and more of, more often than not, it's am I prepared to do what others want to get what I want? Am I prepared to do what others want? If you do that, you will go far in life. And it's just having that right attitude again. And attitude determines everything, in my opinion. Often I will see intentions. I talk about intentions quite a lot in workshops because intentions are an interesting thing. We've got all these great intentions. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I'm going to get in shape, but I'm going to start next week. I'm going to go to the moon. I'm going to build a business. I'm going to take over the world. But intentions are bullshit. Intentions are bullshit because intentions mean nothing. Intentions mean absolutely nothing. My car is not going to go if I intended to put petrol into it. My car is going to go if I actually put petrol into it. So it's not about intending to do things. It's about grabbing the bull by the horns and actually doing it. Putting all these great plans into action. Bringing it to life. And backing it up with hard work. When you do the work, you'll get to where you want to be. And that's something I come back to all the time. And it's an unpopular opinion because people don't like it. They don't particularly want to hear those words hard work. But when you do it, you'll be so glad you did. Because what you're doing is you're creating resilience for yourself. You're changing your mindset you're putting yourself into that place where you're putting you in charge because you're realizing that if i do the work i'll get the things i want from it and that is ultimately that's the reality of it that's the truth another thing you need to realize is that the process is not easy 
and the process is actually quite boring and that's what people don't get because we're so infiltrated now with social media with instagram we look at instagram and we're seeing these insta models nearly and you know everybody is is putting up their pictures now if they're training and you're seeing a lot of lads topless pictures and you're seeing girls with their asses out and it's all glamorized and it's made to look like this is the best thing ever and it's so easy and i've done this and i've done that and i've all got these great tips for you but what you've got to understand is that with social media you're only seeing the highlights reel you're seeing the end results you're not seeing the work that went into that you're not seeing the daily boring process every day turning up day in day out even on the days you didn't feel like it and just getting the work done if you want to build a business if you want to build a successful business if you're managing a team you've got to sit down at the start of the week and look at your diary and you've got to schedule things out and as boring as it is that's what's going to lead to the ultimate goal and you can't skip that part that's the problem people want to skip they want to skip the hard bits the boring bits they want to do the easy stuff and still expect the same results but reality is guys you can't expect results for the work that you didn't do you can't expect results for the work that you didn't do so you've got to be okay with the process being boring you've got to be okay with it being monotonous you've got to be okay with having to turn up every day and having to do the things that you want to do the thing that usually i find actually is really i suppose there's a moment for people there's a moment when it clicks and they realize that something has to change here that i want to change my body my thinking my habits my behaviors my life i want to change something about my reality and when you do that when you become sick of being the almost person the person that was going to the person that almost did this almost did that when you become sick and tired of that and you get fed up with that the penny finally drops and that's when I start seeing change in people. That's when I start seeing the commitment levels going up, the work going up, and then they're going to come to me and go, can you help me? And I'm going to go, yes, I can, absolutely. Because I can see now that they're going to start doing the work because the, the mindset has shifted from being that I kind of want it to I actually am desperate to do it and it's important to me and I really, really want to get it done. So for the person that's in that place, how do we actually go about creating long-term change? How do we go about saying, I'm not going to be in a situation anymore where I'm going to change for the next three weeks. I'm going to be in a situation where I'm going to change forever. What are the things we can do to create that situation? Because that's the challenge for people. Here it is, guys. Number one, figure out your why. If you can figure out your why, it's going to make the world a difference to you. Your why is so important. I had a guy who came to me a few months back. I think he was, what was he, 31? He was 31 years of age. And I said to him, okay, so why do you want to do this? And he said, oh, I want to get fitter. I said, no, sorry, champ, can't help you. And he looked at me like a three heads. And I said, I need a stronger why than that. I need to know why you want to get fit. Why is it important to you? What difference is it going to make to your life? And he said to me, well, I've just had a, a child. I've got a two-year-old kid. My dad had diabetes and, you know, I'm kind of heading the same way. I have a bit of weight put on. I'm worried. I want to sort my life out. I want to make sure that I'm there to set an example for my child. And I want to show her what it's like to lead a healthy lifestyle and I want to be able to get out and I want to play with her and it's important to me that she grows up healthy and that I'm not going to follow on my dad and she's going to follow on me so to me that was an extremely strong way and when you weigh it up we went from I want to improve my fitness to I want to do this for my daughter and I want to set an example for her my health is important to me my daughter's health is important to me there we've got a really 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 strong why so I would strongly advise you guys if you're in that situation where you're going I want to do something figure out your why and if it's not a strong enough why it's probably not going to work and that comes back to what we look at again with our Instagram models and we're kind of looking at it going well everyone else is doing it so I should do it that's not a strong enough why it's not near strong enough because when the going gets tough 
you're going to start struggling. You're going to find that it's not that important to you. The little bit of cake that was on the side is more important to you. Whereas when you come back to your really strong why, and there's a really, really important reason why you want to do it, that becomes your driving force and that moves you forward. So ask yourself that question, number one. Why is it important to me? What's my why? Second thing, stop doing dumb stuff. So what I mean by that, get rid of the dumb stuff, the stuff that you know without an expert even telling you that shouldn't be happening. If it's a weight loss journey, do the simple stuff. Go and clear out your cupboards, get rid of the sweets, empty the fridge, get some healthy foods in so there's not temptation around you. Get rid of the dumb stuff, okay? Think about that, get rid of the dumb stuff. That's not even just necessarily on a weight loss journey, it's everything. It's in work, if you're building a business. If you are self-employed and you've got an eight hour day and you spend two hours of that scrolling through Facebook and social media, which is not necessarily for work, you're just consuming content and liking stuff and whatnot, is that really the most productive use of your time? So maybe that's the stuff you need to get rid of. Maybe you need to replace it with something else. And you know, if you were on social media and you were posting content for people and you were engaging with customers, that to me is much better use of your two hours. So think about that, guys. What's the stuff you need to get rid of? What's the stuff you need to change? And that comes back a lot of the time to self-awareness. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a trait that I think is hugely important. It's one that I think in business, you cannot survive without it. If you're not self-aware, what's it like to be around me? What's the me experience? We always see ourselves in a certain way, but maybe other people see us differently. What impression am I giving out to people? Think about that. And even we come back to our weight loss example. Humility is important. You know, I'm kidding myself. Been able to say that, been strong enough to say, I've been kidding myself. I've been lying to myself. I'm convincing myself I'm going to do something, but I've been saying it for the last five years and I still haven't done it. You know, self-awareness. I see this all the time with people. I'm having the same conversations with the same people. And I say to people all the time, even with yourself, stop having the same conversations over and over and over. It gets to the point with me where I actually literally just stop having that conversation with people because I'll get people who will have contacted me three years ago and they'll say, what do I need to do to lose weight? And I'll say, well, you need to do this, 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 this and this. And they'll say, okay. And then they'll go away and they'll do nothing about it because it's hard. Because it involves change for them and it involves a level of discomfort. They'll come back to me in another year and say, okay, I'm ready now. What do I have to do to lose weight? And I'll say, this, 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 this and this. And it's the exact same as I told them the last time. Five years down the road, I'm still having that same conversation with the same person. Why? Because they don't like what they're hearing. It's not what they want to hear. And they think if they keep asking the same question, I'm going to give them a different answer and eventually it will lead to the answer that they want. And that's why so many people will go and get different instructors and different personal trainers and they'll ask for different opinions. They'll always get second, third, fourth opinions and they'll keep asking until they get the personal trainer that tells them the one that they want to hear. But it doesn't necessarily move them forward. So it's self-awareness, it's humility, it's being honest with yourself and being able to say sometimes, well, do you know what? Maybe I'm the problem. But the, the, the upside of that is if I'm the problem, I'm also the solution. That's what you need to be aware of. You've got the talent and you've got the potential and you've got the ability to change that yourself. It's just starting with awareness, with acknowledgement that I am the problem. It's not somebody else. It's me making excuses. It's me not taking responsibility. It's me not putting the plans into action. And when I take responsibility for that, I become the solution to the problem and I can move myself forward. So I hope that is making sense to you guys. Um, yeah, what are we? 15 minutes in already. Time flies, huh? Um, so yeah, look, that was just a few things I wanted to get across to you today. Moving away from living in self-denial, I suppose, the blame game, the excuses, taking responsibility. And the, it is hard. That's what you need to be aware of is that it's hard because 
we look at again where I was saying about we look at the Instagram and we want to get straight to there. We don't account for the fact that it is a tough journey and we're hardwired for pleasure as humans. We want easy, we want comfortable, we want tasty, delicious foods. We want all those pleasurable things in life because that's how we're hardwired. But we need to be aware that to actually make progress, we've got to be willing to get uncomfortable. And if you don't get uncomfortable, you're probably not going to move forward. And this is where the problem kicks in for a lot of people. They want to lose two stone and they want it by Tuesday. And that's non-negotiable. Two stone by Tuesday. Give me that, Alan, and I'm happy. And unfortunately, I can't give you that because that's not realistic. What it involves is actually having to do a lot of work and looking beyond Tuesday, maybe sometimes, possibly just six months down the line, six years down the line. But it's changing that thought process, which is already hardwired in because we've been brought up with it. So we've got to be aware of that. And we've got to start reframing our thoughts. Why do we find it difficult? Because eating chocolate gives us instant pleasure, whereas not eating chocolate does not give us instant results. And we find that trade-off a little bit difficult. But we've got to be aware that it's hard and we've got to be okay with that. We've got to make peace with that. And what I say to people here a lot of the time is if I ask you to grow, go and brush your teeth with your left hand today, we say you're right-handed, I say go and brush your teeth with your left hand. For a day, you go, yeah, okay, I can do that for a day. I say, okay, can you do it for a week? Yeah, I can do it for a week. Can you do it for a month? Possibly. I'm not sure. Maybe I can. You get it done for a month. Can you do it forever? Can you do it forever? Can you change that process where you are so hardwired with brushing your teeth with your right hand to changing it to your left hand forever? Are you prepared to do that? Are you prepared to commit to that? Because that's what weight loss is. That's what getting in shape is. It's changing that thought process from a week, a month, six weeks to forever. And that is one people struggle with. That's one a lot of people struggle with. I run online courses all the time. It does great for most people, but there are some that struggle because what I get across them all the time is that when you do a six-week course with me, it's only your starting point. You make great progress, but I want you to use that progress as a catalyst to change your life forever, to keep you moving forward. Not to do a six-week course and say, well, that's it, that's me done. I can't wait to get back to normal because you've got to create a new normal. The new normal is what you've been doing over the last six weeks. It's creating new habits. It's eating healthier foods. It's getting doing a little bit of training. It's changing your mindset. It's becoming more positive. It's starting to think about this is more important to me rather than that three seconds of pleasure from eating chocolate cake. It's about changing how you think about things. It's about rewiring the brain as much as anything. And that does take a little bit of getting used to, but it's something that is very worth doing. And it's something that you probably have to be okay with it, to be honest. And it's, you know, it, it's not an easy thing to do, but short-term mentality doesn't work. You can't be thinking this is for the next few weeks and then I go back to normal. You've got to be thinking about what you're doing now as your new normal and it's there forever. So it's a cognitive shift, not just on a conscious level, but on a subconscious level. We're rewiring the brain. We're making a decision because that's what it is. It's making a decision, a decision that this is forever because this is important to me. I want to change my life, not just for now, forever. So when you make peace with that, you're going to start, I suppose, bringing about that change you want, back that up with hard work, and suddenly it's a different ballgame altogether. So that is, I suppose, yeah, we're getting we're getting fairly into it today. Um, just I want to get through a lot of this stuff because I think in terms of achieving our goals, even in a fitness environment, you can know everything about food, you can know everything about training, but if your head's not on it, you won't do well. So I want to bring a lot of this stuff to your attention because it's definitely stuff that people don't really think about. Um, and we have different visions of success and what success is for us. And again, that varies from person to person. But it also varies within each of us over time. What worked for me at 22 mightn't necessarily be of any interest to me at 32. Back then, something would have blown my mind. And now I would say, no, not so much. Not interested. 
And sometimes when you achieve the things you thought you always wanted and you get there, you realise that maybe you were actually chasing the wrong thing. It happens quite a bit that people put so much effort into what they view as success. And when they achieve it, they go, this is not what I expected. This is not what I thought it was going to be. So are you really chasing the right things? Keep that in mind. One example again from this, a few years back, I opened a gym and forever and a day, all I had ever wanted to do was have my own gym. That was the ultimate goal in life for me was to have my own gym because I enjoyed it. I love training and whatever. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to have my own gym? I would be absolutely sorted for life. I'd love it. And I'd uh, it, it would be the ultimate. I'm the gym guy. That's it for me. And this opportunity came along where I was basically offered the opportunity to open a gym. It was back where I went to school. They were turning the old school into, into a gym and they needed somebody to take it over. So they approached me and said, would you be interested in this? And it came about that I took over the lease of it for a year. And I thought all my Christmases I come at once. I thought it was great. But I realised pretty quick that it wasn't for me. And the gym itself, it was a disaster. But that's a story for another day. For the moment, what I want to share with you is that I realised pretty quickly that it wasn't what I wanted. It was my ultimate idea of success. It was in my mind the thing I had always wanted. But within three months of that gym being open, I knew I was leaving. Because I only had a year lease. And I was so happy that I didn't take up any longer than that. The year was the most. Because within three months, that was it. I was going, this is not what I want. And I'm so... I'm so decisive with decisions, probably in every area of my life with things I do. I'm very black and white. I am decisive. I'll make sharp decisions pretty quick. Um, and with that, I knew. I just knew in my heart and soul because for me, I was finding that I wasn't getting to do the things I wanted to do. I was putting in long hours, putting in 15-hour days. It wasn't that because I was used to that anyway. I do that. I still do that to this day and I, and I enjoy it. And that's easy when you love what you do. But what I found was that it was taking me away from doing things I wanted to do. I was on the gym floor all the time. I wasn't getting to have conversations with people. I wasn't getting to stand in front of groups and share knowledge with people. I wasn't getting to educate people. I wasn't getting to help people because I think, you know, fitness is, is a lot more than putting people through a workout. It's a lot more than standing on a floor. It's getting into their heads. It's about understanding people. When I give advice to up and coming instructors nowadays, I always say to them, getting your, your body in shape is not about your body. It's about your mind. So for you, your job as a, as a personal trainer or as a fitness instructor is not necessarily about showing somebody how to deadlift. It's about understanding people. It's about understanding human connection. It's about figuring out what makes them tick. It's about getting into their heads. It's about getting the best out of people, having the ability to do that. A lot of the time, it's just about being a, being a friend to them, just having a chat with them, letting them bounce their problems off you, letting them bounce ideas off you, having conversations. And I wasn't finding that I was able to particularly do that in the gym because I was kind of being rushed all the time. I was doing a little bit of everything. I was running racing. And what I did really notice was I wasn't particularly happy. I wasn't enjoying my life the way I should have been. And it was stress. It was it was it was stress having that gym because I had staff and I had to make make ends meet to pay them. And now it is been a hundred percent honest, hand on heart, these days I work for me and I work only for me. And what I mean by that is I've no staff. I've nobody working for me. I do get people to help me out from time to time. I subcontract work, the things that I'm not so strong on. I'll get I'll get people in to, to work on that with me. But I don't have the pressures of having to make make money to keep the doors open at the end of the day to pay somebody else. Now it's all about doing it for myself and it's just focusing on me, looking after me and I'm so much happier. I enjoy it so much more. So sometimes people think bigger is better. They have this idea of if I expand my business and I have this huge business and I have loads of staff working over me, I'm going to be super successful and that is success and people are going to respect me for it and I'm going to be the happiest man in the world. But it doesn't always work like that, guys. It does not always work like that. I can honestly say I have no ambitions to build a massive company. That doesn't interest me in the slightest. 
what interests me now is that I can go and do my work and I can enjoy my work and I can have my time off and I can afford a holiday and I can spend time with my family and friends. It doesn't interest me what people think. Back then, from the outside looking in, externally, everybody was going, geez, Alan is doing brilliant, isn't he? Look, he's opened his gym and he's flying and he's all over the papers and social media and he's doing great. That was the external view of success. Internally, I was going, I'm not really happy with this. I, I, it, it looks great to other people, but to me... I'm, I'm not even making any money. I wasn't making any money at the time and I wasn't enjoying it and I wasn't feeling like I was could, could fulfill my potential because I wanted to be speaking and I wanted to be doing different things that needed me to get out of the gym. So that just, I suppose, is something I want to bring to your attention that success, you know, different things for different people but it's not always what you think it is so you've got to be prepared to adapt and change and understand that as you get older your priorities change. I'm 10 years on now from when I would have first had that vision of wanting my, wanting my gym but nowadays, the vision has totally changed. I have absolutely no interest in owning a gym. I don't want the pressure of it. I don't want the hassle of it. But I have huge ambitions in other areas of my life, things that are important to me now. Probably in 10 years' time, I'll be looking back going, well, I don't have any interest in that now. Because I think it's important that we grow as people. And you'll always hear this phrase, you know, you've changed, such and such has changed. And I think it's important that we do change. I, I, I think that's a daft attitude when people are saying, well, you know, he's changed since he started doing this. She's changed since, she's, since she got in great shape. He's changed since he started building a great business. And I think it's a horrible attitude to have because I think we should all be changing. We should all be growing because what's the point of being interested in the same music at 34 that you are at 14? You know, we all develop, we develop different tastes, we grow as people and that is an important part of, of our life as well. So, yeah, I'm flying through loads of stuff today, guys. I hope you're still with me. Um, I want to just have a quick look again at our mindset, our attitude and choosing how we respond to different things because ultimately self-management is the thing. How do I manage myself among all the chaos? I was looking at something recently where on television, just something really struck me. And I'm sure there are people that are in, in everyday life, doctors and nurses deal with this in theatres where there's operations going on and it's blood and guts and horrible scenes all over the place. But among all that chaos, look at the faces of the doctors and nurses and it's just calm. Among all the chaos, calm. Why is that? Because those guys are self-aware in the moment. They're very self-aware. They're in control. They're reacting to situations differently. They've been trained in it. They're okay with it. They make, this, they make themselves comfortable with it. What we need to realise is that a lot of the time we're feeling under stress or we're feeling angry or we're feeling sad or we're changing our emotions because we're giving away our power. We're responding to things in a negative way rather than controlling them ourselves. Let's say you're coming home from work. So you're on your way home from work, driving through traffic and some dickhead cuts across you and just straight in your line, doesn't indicate or anything, in he goes... And your blood pressure rises, you start beeping the horn and you're getting angry. And what good has that done you? Like, what, what good has it done? Because your body believes what you're telling it. You're getting annoyed, you're beeping the horn, your blood pressure is through the roof, your heart rate is high, your body is going to respond to what you're telling it. But what has actually happened there is you've given away your power. You've given the power to the guy in the car who cut across you that doesn't really care about you, that's proven that he's not particularly bothered about manners while driving, and you've, you've given him that control over you where now you're angry and you're setting yourself up for a day where you're going to be pure annoyed and, and you're going to struggle to come back from that rather than sometimes just letting it go and saying, well, look, what happens, happens. I had a situation back a few months back where my car was, was scratched. I came out and just two big, long, nasty scrapes along the car. And I kind of, you know, you give people the benefit of the doubt. It's that, you know, it was probably an accident or whatever. I went to the garage and they said, nope, that wasn't an accident. That's definitely done deliberately. And I kind of thought, you know what? 
some some scumbag has gone out of their way to do that to try and upset me for whatever reason i don't know who it was to this day i don't really care who it was to be honest because my approach to it was if i'm going to get worked up about it and i'm going to get angry about it and i'm going to start crying about having to pay to get it fixed that's given them what they want they've won they've won completely because i've got nothing out of it i'm annoyed i'm angry that was what they set out to do so job done so i just said you know what let's just get it sorted and move on forget about it and i think sometimes you've got to do that for your own state of mind and learning to be in control and learning to manage yourself and learning again like we say in relation to the the theater where the the operation is going on calm among the chaos that's what you've got to think about a lot of time how can i stay in control of myself because if you let those people win they're getting on top of you. You're getting nothing back from it. So just learn from it. Learn from it and train the mind. And that's a little bit difficult to do. But training the brain to see the good and stuff every day of the week. You know, that's about gratitude. That's we've all got it good. We've all got it so good. I'm reading a book at the minute, which is so, so interesting. It's called, um, what is it? Man's Man's Search for Meaning. Man's Search for Meaning, I think it's the name of it. By, uh, what's the guy? Have it written down here some, somewhere? Yeah, Victory, Victor, Victory Franklin. Man's Search for Meaning by Victory Franklin. It's an audiobook format I have it in. It's absolutely incredible. What it is, he's a, he's a psychologist who survived Auschwitz. And he's just got the most incredible story to tell. It's a, just an unbelievable book. It's really, really difficult listening in part. Some of the stuff in it is just horrific. It's It would test any human being to listen to it. But it's so worth listening to because... It puts things in perspective and I think a lot of us don't realise that everything is relative. We think we've got problems but it's all relative. Other people have huge problems compared to what we've got. So it's keeping that in mind all the time and being grateful for what we've got. This guy was in Auschwitz and he was having the most horrific time of it. And one thing that really struck me in the book among all the the stories just to give you an idea he was speaking about i suppose the hardships they went through and you know they'd see guys dying and it got to the stage where things were so bad that they knew the symptoms of who was going to do night die next so they could accurately predict who was next and and and, and they never failed because they just got to the stage that it was happening so often that they, they knew and he was saying you know a guy that you were chatting to two hours earlier you're seeing him there dead and he said you know the emotion goes out of it that's the way it happens and you're just in that environment and you're having to survive but even then, you know, they would have been on rations of very, very small amounts of bread and watery soup was all they had for the day. And they were being put through all sorts of labour and they were being whipped and they were being beaten. But he said something that I thought was really, really interesting. He said some days they could see another, tra another uh, sorry, um, convicts from the, from the jail. They could see convicts and they thought to themselves, those guys have it. You know, they have the life. They, they're living in luxury. They have a mattress each. They get fed like kings. They know how well their families are. They hear for their, from their families. We don't know if our own families are alive. You know, so they were looking at these guys, these convicts in prison, and they were thinking, those guys are living like kings compared to us. So I think everybody's problems are, relatives, are relative, and it's just keeping that perspective in it and realising that there are people that are worse off than myself. And look, I know we're getting quite deep there, but even coming back to our daily routine, we'll sometimes go in and we have a parent-teacher meeting, for example, and the meeting goes really, really well. And the teacher tells you your child is absolutely brilliant, making huge progress. You're coming out thrilled. You're on top of the world. You're realising, yes, I'm the best parent in the world. Happy days. And you come out to the school gates and you meet the parent that you hate talking to, the one that's always negative, that brings you down. And you have a conversation with them for 10 minutes. And when you go home that evening, your, your partner says to you, how was your day? And you go straight into the story of the parent that annoyed you during the day and that drives you mad. And that becomes your story of the day rather than the fact that the parent teacher meeting went really well. The child's doing great. I'm buzzing. You know, I had it. You can mention it incidentally. I had a meeting with that parent that annoys me. 
but rather than letting it take over your day and become the story of the day, that it's a bit incidental. So just again, bringing the awareness to looking for the good in every day, rather than just letting the, the negative overwhelm you, because we are actually seven times more likely to spot negative than positive. Seven times more likely. So there's a huge negative bias among humans, and we need to reframe that, because they say we have 60,000 thoughts a day, of which 80% are negative. So it's a huge, huge negative bias. So start looking for the good in the day. Start thinking about what were the little wins I had today? What were the things that went well? Rather than looking at the one bad thing that you have perceived to overcome everything and you've really blown out of proportion in your head, look for the little wins, look for the good in your life because they're all there. And if we choose to look for them, you know, we'll find them. So we dwell on bullshit, you know, we put ourselves in a negative place and we do it to ourselves mentally and emotionally. We drag ourselves down by choosing to focus on the negative rather than looking at the good things that we've gone on because we've all got good things going on and it's just to bring bring awareness to them, I suppose, and, and, and be grateful for the things that are going well and the things that are working well for us. So just before I finish up, I've spoken a lot today about a lot of mindset stuff, about creating change, about positivity, about gratitude, about genetic potential. But I'm going to leave you with one more thing to create last and change in your life. So whatever it is you want to do, rather than thinking, what 20 things can I do? Because 20 things are going to overwhelm you and you're not going to do them. Think today about what five things can I do? What are the things that I can control? What are the things that I can take responsibility for? What five things am I going to change that are going to move me forward? And they can be small things. They don't have to be massive things because the compound effect works. Make little changes and they build up on each other over time. And before you know it, you've achieved whatever it is you want to achieve. So think about that. I'm going to leave you with that. What are the five things that I want to do? What are the five things that I want to change? What are the five things that are going to move me forward that I'm in control of that I can do today, tomorrow, next week? That's it, guys. Before I finish up, um, my regular job when I'm not podcasting, I do a lot of corporate wellness work. I do public speaking. I do workshops, seminars. If you're in a company and you would like me to come in and speak, maybe on a development day for your staff, maybe for one of your wellness programs, whatever it is, we have a whole range of courses and programs designed to suit every company and every business of every size. So get in touch with me. I would love to hear from you. Info at alanwilliamscoaching.com. I don't even know my own address at this stage. Info at alanwilliamscoaching.com will get me. That's it, guys. We will talk again next week.